following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into a Reaction Monday edition of Main Street Sports. Today on the program, we'll be joined by MLB.com's Jim Callis, the upcoming draft and some local prospects, some names of notes we will discuss. Also, Josh Corey with the Tennessee Titans. He was kind of uh, instrumental in the girls' flag football and the Titans behind that. His reaction to how that went and what is next. Also, our Daily Braves reports, uh, reaction to the NBA. The Grizzlies are done. What happened to Game 7's yesterday? Hockey as well. A lot to get to on Reaction Monday. Spring fling just around the corner. So let's get right to it. The Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yao. Gentlemen, happy Monday. Uh, it's Monday. We'll talk about happy later, I guess. <laughs> yes. That's a, folks like, good morning. Good morning. No, no, no. good would have been 1030. It's, it's seven. <laughs> so, no, it's not working out. Mo, what's going on, man? Uh, it's Monday, like you said. It's Monday. That so. it is. Adjust, adapt, overcome, baby. <laughs> Survive in advance. Survive in advance. <laughs> yeah, that is what we are trying to do, as well as a ton of high school uh, baseball and softball teams, Mo, across the state, and some college softball teams. As um, NCAA field was announced yesterday. Yeah, so. we've got Marin Angus coming on the show Wednesday to break that down. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got a we've got a heck of a week uh, put together already, Mo. And we're starting and off strong. We are. We are. We we and and starting today, actually, as JP said in the open, we've got um we've got Jim Callis with MLB.com coming in here in the next segment. We've got Josh Corey later. Um some pretty good stuff. And and it don't it don't stop. Tomorrow <laughs> we've got Teresa Walker and Chip and Chip Walters. Walker and Walters. Say that there you three go. times fast. Um, the next tag and, team title champs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, what Heather Williams and Marin Angus on Wednesday. That's right. So, so. it's it's going to be a good week. It absolutely if we can just is. get through today. No, no <laughs> question, no question. Well, our top story opening kickoff comes from Knoxville, as it was announced earlier, just moments ago, really that Tennessee and Virginia will meet in 2023 in their football opener in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. Labor Day weekend, right? It is September 2nd. I don't yeah. I, I assume that's the first weekend in, in September we're, as well. We're, we're Labor up. Day? I don't know. What is what is that? Is that a is that a Thursday night? Is it is a, a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Saturday, so, yeah. September 2nd. It's going to be a big one, so uh, they were originally scheduled to start the season in Provo against BYU, but um, this will replace that. So don't have to go out to Provo anymore and no B, no, no Big 12 opponent. Yeah, ACC instead. That's interesting. That's an interesting matchup, I think. Um, 
you know, they played Virginia Tech a few years back. Um, what at Bristol? At I Bristol. guess is that the last time they played? Um, it's kind of surprising that they don't play those those two teams any more often than they do. But that'll that'll move the needle a little bit, I would think. Yeah, you know, and Virginia being a team that Tennessee doesn't see often, mm-hmm. so I think that's that's always unique as well. They've played twice before at Nissan Stadium. They've beat they beat Bowling Green in 2015, 59-30, and Wyoming, August 31st, 2002, 47-7, uh, in which, what, six years later, Wyoming returned the favor. <laughs> so, Well, they've played twice at Nissan Stadium in the regular season. Right, right. They've obviously the Music City Bowl twice now since I guess they played there twice, yeah including this past year, but we won't talk about that. No, no, let's not. And these two teams have not played one another since 1991, Mo. The good old days. That's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, So anyway, that's big, big stuff. Exciting for Tennessee as they'll be taking on Virginia again in Nashville, 2023. Uh, Let's, uh, Let's do this. Let's find out what happened over the weekend, Mo, because there was a lot that that went on both high school, college, and professional, and we'll find out what's going to happen today. Big schedules in the high school world, so pay attention. We'll send it back to JP for today's rundown. This is The Rundown. Let's do it. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. Providing a Christ-centered college prep education at an affordable cost. Call 931-388-5731 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule an appointment for a tour today. All right, uh, here we go. We got uh, a busy one, as you would expect, over the weekend. High school baseball results from Friday. It was MUS 6, Lipscomb Academy 5, Trinity Christian 6-5 winners over Davidson Academy. Saturday... Saw Clarksville Academy 3-1 winners over Notre Dame, and it was Lipscomb Academy 6-5 over MUS. On Sunday, Riverdale defeated Smyrna 9-4. All postseason action as spring fling just around the corner. Softball the same here. Friday action, Franklin over Centennial 6-3. It was Franklin 10-8 over Centennial. Loretto defeated Summertown 5-1. On Saturday, Zion Christian defeated South Haven Christian 11-1. And Sunday, Summertown took out Loretto 12 one boys soccer on the pitch from the weekend it was independence two nothing over columbia harpeth 5-0 over republic hendersonville 4-2 over station camp laverne 3-1 over smyrna stem academy over merrill hyde eight to nothing uh it was a murfreesboro central magnet one nothing richland 4-1 over Fayetteville. oakland one neal over siegel and watertown three to one over smith County. College baseball over the weekend. Tennessee took two or three from Georgia. Vandy the same from Arkansas. Anchor down, baby. Anchor down. It was uh, MTSU. Was yeah, it was. The MTSU 3-0 over Rice uh, in their series. Lipscomb took two or three from Eastern Kentucky. Belmont swept Eastern Illinois in a three-game set in Tech. That is Tennessee Tech 2-1 to one in their series over Austin P. SEC tournament. Missouri took out Tennessee down in Gainesville. I believe that was Friday evening. And uh, Braves over the weekend lost to the Padres 11-6 Friday. Got a win on Saturday 6-5 and fell in extra innings, I believe, Sunday 7-3. It was the Sounds falling to the Jacksonville Friday, but got wins 
Saturday and Sunday to win yet another series. NBA action, uh, the Grizzlies uh, season came to an end in game six against Golden State in San Francisco, 110-96 the final there. Golden State moves on. They will uh, take on uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who defeated the uh, Phoenix Suns last night in game seven. Nashville shut out in Houston, two to nothing over the weekend. And on the schedule today, high school baseball. Ravenwood at Brentwood. Kolyoka is at Eagleville. East Nashville welcomes community. Clay County and East Robertson. Stratford travels to Forge. Gordonsville hosts Joe Burns. Lebanon welcomes Hendersonville. Clarksville at Henry County. Fairview, Loretto, Mount Juliet hosts Beach. Montgomery Central and Murfreesboro Central Magnet. It was Richland. Uh, it is Richland and Moore County today. Dixon County at Rossview. Rockvale at Stewart's Creek. Centennial at Summit. Page at Upperman. Sequatchie County at Watertown and Giles County at White House Heritage. This is round one of the region tournament um, and region finals on Wednesday and sectionals on Friday. All with uh, the winners on Friday making it up to, is that right? You got to win Friday, right? So winner go home. Uh, softball the same here. Watertown at Bledsoe County today. Hume Fogg at Creekwood. Dixon County, Clarksville. Community at East Nashville. Harpethog, Father Ryan. Forest versus West, West White's Creek, rather. Summit is at Franklin, Cheatham County at Loretto, Mount Juliet hosting Beach, Montgomery Central will be at Murfreesboro Central Magnet, Centennial at Nolansville, Stewart's Creek at Siegel, Rockville at Smyrna, Henry County at Springfield, Wilson Central at Station Camp, Summertown hosting Harpeth, Eagleville at Wayne County, and Monterey is at Westmoreland. On the pitch, Siegel's taking on Laverne today, and the Braves begin uh, another series with the Brew Crew uh, back in Atlanta. Ian Anderson on the mound tonight, 640 Valley Sports South. East. That is your Monday rundown. It is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. It's going to be a big week for high school sports. That, that that Brave series, by the way, is in. Hello. It's in. It's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yes. Sorry, okay. I wasn't paying attention. Right. Anyway, Braves at Brewers. Ian Anderson, Brady Peralta. Should be a good one. Big week for high school sports. We'll talk about it later in the show. Next, we have Jim Callis of MLB.com joining us. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We will be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 
or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton. JP Plant on the controls. Glad to have you guys with us here as we continue rolling on this Monday edition of Main Street Sports today. Big news last week when kind of came out of nowhere, learned that Kumar Rocker would be pitching in a independent league ahead of the Major League Baseball draft. We had a brief conversation about that and sparked a the idea to bring on Jim Callis of MLB.com. Actually, I believe Mo had had the idea beforehand, but it's okay. Uh, but now we have Jim Callis of MLB.com again on the show with us. Jim, how are you? I'm doing good, Chris. And, uh, and, and Maurice does deserve credit because we were – he called to see if we could talk about what might happen with Kumar, and I told him – I was kind of surprised we hadn't heard anything yet. And then I think the next day the news came out. So we got to give Maurice all the credit for making that happen. It was it, Mo made, made Kumar sign an indie league contract. Way to go, Mo. Congrats. Well, we don't have to give Mo all the credit, but I do appreciate Jim kind of getting that chronology straight. So yeah. Um, because Jim had rolled out a first round mock on Thursday, I believe. And there's, not just Kumar that's local flavor in that mock draft, but um, also at that point, you know, there was no mention, no sign of Kumar Rocker. And I just think that's really a fascinating sidelight of this draft when it does take place. Um, And at the time Jim and I talked Thursday afternoon after the show, again, obviously Kumar hadn't done anything yet. He was kind of, um, I don't want to say persona non grata, but he was certainly um, laying low. Jim, what have you been able to find out over the last three days, I guess, since since you and I talked about that? Yeah, you know, and you know, I, everybody suspected all along when the news came out that he wasn't going to go back to Vanderbilt, that Kumar would pitch an independent ball at some point this year because it's, it's a very controlled atmosphere. Obviously, he and 
you know, his advisors at the Boris Corporation, you know, if they want him to pitch three innings on X day, they can do that. It's, you know, you can kind of lay out the schedule and the indie ball team is going to be glad to have you. And, you know, he, I don't know if he's officially joined the team yet. He's not really going to pitch. I don't think until toward the end of the month. And I think the plan is for him to make about a half dozen appearances between when he joins the Tri-City Valley Cats in the Frontier League in the draft, which is, you know, much later now, you know, that they've moved it to the All-Star game in the last two years. It won't be until July 17th. So there's time for him to to go out and show what he can do. And, I mean, there's two things Kumar, you know, teams want to see out of Kumar. One, how he looks on the mound, because we, we haven't seen him pitch since the College World Series last year. He was pitching on short rest his last two starts, and he looked a little bit gassed. He wasn't at his best in his, in his final game against Will Bednar in Mississippi State. And then two, you know, the, the question is, you know, what exactly is his medical health status? You know, he he agreed to a $6 million deal with the Mets as the 10th overall pick in the draft. And the way that the, the system works in baseball, it's it's not really player friendly. You get drafted and then you take a physical after the draft with the team's doctor and nobody knows what the physical revealed, but it revealed enough for the Mets to just walk away. And, and they, they literally offered him in the end, guys, zero dollars. They, they did. They did not want him to sign. They wanted to get, you know, they got he was a 10th pick last year when he didn't sign. They got the 11th pick in this year's draft and they they didn't want him after they did the physical. They just wanted to get the pick back this year. That is incredible. I mean, seriously, even with Kumar Rocker being who Kumar Rocker is and the pitcher that he's been throughout his career, I think I would have just taken the year. So apparently they think this is a long-term thing, and I I would be shocked if it is. Uh, looking forward to finding out what uh, what Kumar is able to do. Do you feel like he is a first-rounder in 2022? It all depends on what he shows when he gets back on the mound and what that that medical result is. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there'll be some teams. You know, the Mets saw something that 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 scared them, and they didn't. They just ran away, and they didn't want him anymore. And so, which makes you think it was more than say he needs Tommy John surgery. They think he's going to need Tommy John surgery, and he'll be back in a year. And we saw Walker Bueller come out of Vanderbilt with a bad elbow, and he needed Tommy John surgery, and, and now he's a star. So you, you, you know, and, and it's weird. You know, the, the whole weird thing about this guy's is that nobody knows exactly what it was. It's not, you know, and to their credit, I mean, the Mets didn't really come out and say anything. Their owner kind of gloated about it after the fact, which was not a good look. But <laughs> the Mets didn't say, "Hey, it's the shoulder, or it's this, or it's that." So nobody knows exactly what we're dealing with. Only that the Mets thought it was serious enough long-term that they didn't want any part of signing him and they'd rather get the pick back. But yeah, I mean, th- this is a draft where, where almost all the best college pitchers have been hurt. All the first round candidates, it's crazy. The, the industry as a whole is a little nervous about taking high school pitchers in the first round. So, I mean, and these are two very big gifts. If Kumar Rocker gets back on the mound and pitches like he's capable of, and if the medical situation does not scare teams like he did the Mets last year, then yeah, I think he could go in the middle of the first round. But we, you know, we haven't seen him pitch since last June. And again, you know, at, at some point, like I don't know if he'll undergo a physical for teams before the draft. Teams, I, I guess, will get available the results of the physical from the Mets. You know, it, you know, I don't know how they're going to handle the rest of it. But um, you know, that that's the big question, and, and we just don't know the extent of, of what it is. You know, and I will say from my experience. You get teams have radically different interpretations 
of the same medical results. You might have one team where their doctors are very conservative and they're like, we want no part of this. We're worried. Don't sign the guy. And another team might say, hey, that's normal wear and tear. We like the guy. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I have no idea. I've heard so many different rumors about so many different parts of Kumar's arm. I have no idea what's true, what's not true. I guess only the Mets higher ups really know. But but that that's going to be the big thing. If he goes out and pitches well, but the medical is still concerning, you know, that that's going to affect him as well. Jim Callis of MLB.com with us here on Main Street Sports today. Jim, obviously you've been in this game a lot longer and at a lot higher level than I have, but what's worse than Tommy John surgery that just sends a team running the way the Mets did? Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't, I mean, this is just me guessing. I, I don't know. Right, sure. I mean, yeah, this is yeah, Tommy, Tommy John wouldn't scare you so much. I mean, there's a number of pitchers who are going to go in the first two rounds this year who had Tommy John, and, and and people feel, you know, I think pretty good. The guys come back for Tommy John, and the rehab makes them stronger, and they're better than ever. You know, the, the, the success rate of Tommy John surgery is very, very good. I mean, you know, it could be, you know, it could be some kind of shoulder tear. Uh, you know, it could be, uh, you know, I mean, it could be something. I, I'm just I have no knowledge. It could be. Bitcoin. Maybe he has a degenerative condition in his back that they think is going to be a long-term issue. I mean, uh, you know, it, it could be just about anything. Um, you know, I, I, I would think if it were Tommy John that they probably would have been okay with it, or at least made him a reduced offer, not $0. But I, I have no idea. I have no, I mean, but it, it obviously was something to where instead of trying to find a middle ground, like, okay, he's hurt. Let's, let's, you know, find a discounted deal that makes sense for both teams. Cause Honestly, if you could have found a middle ground, it would make sense rather than Kumar having to come back into next year's draft, and the Mets didn't want any part of it. So um, it's it's just bad. And then that's why it's so weird because you can only guess and speculate, and that's why I was saying, even if he goes out and pitches well, you're still going to want to look at those medical results and determine, you know, your doctors are going to have to determine you know, whether they think it's a good a good risk or not. But like like I said, I mean, it might in the end – not be something that other teams would consider that serious because again, you get very divergent medical opinions on guys um, just depending from team to team. Another guy speaking of pitchers who haven't pitched a whole lot. um, Another guy that a lot of folks in this area are interested in is um, the guy that you've got at number 19 in your mock from last week, Blade Tidwell from Tennessee. Um, you've got him to the athletics at number 19, had some shoulder issues up earlier in the year. Um, but man, he's been pretty much a rocket through, through his collegiate career. And had he not been saddled with, um, you know, the COVID situation at the high school level as a senior coming out of Loretto, it was sounding like he may have gone, out of high school, but what, what are you hearing? What are you liking about him now that he's back throwing for UT? Yeah, he, he's a little tricky to evaluate too, because he had the shoulder issues at the beginning of the year and missed the first six weeks. And they kind of eased him back into the SEC rotation, Tennessee, best team in the country, obviously off to a, a great start this year. You know, he, he really hasn't had like a, a dominant outing where he's gone out, like say six innings, three hits struck out 10. Uh, he's, he's got good stuff. Um, you know, it, it's, it's plus fastball. He can show you plus slider, you know, it's a good body. Um, I think if he finishes strong, 
he probably goes even higher than 19. Because like I said, I mean, this draft just does not have healthy college pitchers. There just aren't many of them. Um, but he also, at the same token, I, I think does need to perform better in SEC play down the stretch, or, or maybe he slides a little bit too. It's it's crazy how many pitchers there are, especially on the college side this year, who are potential first-round picks who have been sidelined for one reason or another this spring. And at least in, in Tidwell's case, he's he's healthy and able to pitch now. A lot of these guys aren't going to be able to pitch before the draft. And another UT player, obviously, you have in the first round, Jordan Beck out of uh, Hazel Green, just south of the state line from where we are. And, uh, you know, Jordan Beck has been a catalyst for this great Tennessee team, and you have him currently, uh, I believe, at the number 24 spot to the Red Sox. Has he – is this because of something he has done this year or – Obviously, he was selected in the 14th round out of high school, so he's just kind of increased his stock through college play. Yeah, he's one of the better, I think, all-around athletes on the college college side. And, you know, I think – I mean, he was better than a 14th round pick out of high school. He just wasn't going to be real signable. And the Red Sox actually took him out of high school too. I mean, he gets compared a lot to Hunter Renfro, who had some, you know, really intriguing physical tools and then – um you know, like he had to, he had to learn how to kind of control the strike zone and make better swing decisions. And he did that as a junior and took off. And, and that's kind of what Beck has done too. Like, I think he's, I mean, there's still some swing and miss concerns, but not as, as much as there were coming into the year. So I think he, he's really helped himself and you know he might go higher than that. I mean, it'll be interesting. Cause I know in that mock draft, I had, I think I had six high school pitchers in the first round, which is a lot because industry is generally wary of the risk with high school pitchers. So you know, I, I think Beck, you know, I think he goes he, – he could go, you know, even as, say, 10 picks higher than that, really, when all is said and done. And and I wound up leaving him out, but but the other Tennessee outfielder, Drew Gilbert, I think could fit in that kind of 20 to 35 range as well. I think, I think Drew Gilbert's going to go pretty good too. Jim Callis of MLB.com with us here on Main Street Sports today, and he's got a hard out, and that's unfortunate because I could talk to Jim for hours, but – um. Jim, we appreciate you taking some time with us. And your mock is going to disappoint a lot of Vanderbilt fans because you've got Drew Jones at number one to the Orioles. Yeah. He's not coming. To, he's not coming to Vanderbilt. <laughs> but, but they have a good recruiting class. They might get some pretty good pitchers. So they, they might have about three or four potential first rounders for down the line coming in this fall. So they'll but, be okay. Jim Corbin Company will do okay. But Drew Jones won't be one of them. <laughs> Drew Jones is not coming to Vanderbilt. No. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much for taking some time with us. We appreciate it so much, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. That That is unfortunate because I was certainly looking forward to seeing him play. You're not looking forward to seeing him play. You're looking forward to bum-rushing Andrew in the stands again like you did down in Mobile. Listen, I don't have to do that anymore. I did it one boys. time. You, you got a picture of us. All I need it. Andrew Jones cared of what I had to say for 13 seconds. So that was enough for me. My life made. Come back with us. We'll talk about the Braves, who Andrew Jones was on the broadcast yesterday on Peacock. So, yeah, we'll talk about that and uh, the Padres series, unfortunately, and what to expect in this Brewer series. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint comes back after this.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, you know, I'm always on the ledge when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. And I just get frustrated sometimes. But I feel like my frustration's <laughs> completely justified after this weekend because the Braves had that they could have swept the series. No reason not to be, have been able to sweep the series. And between Matt Olson and Will Smith, we don't. Well, and and here's the problem. One of those, I think you can write off as just a couple of glitches. I mean, because they, they won a game Saturday despite Matt Olson defensively, and yesterday it, it just didn't work out that way. But one of those, you know, for everything that Will Smith did in the postseason last year, he still – drove us to drink during the regular season. So, I mean, I guess you just got to get Will to the postseason to get the good Will Smith. I don't know. But um, it's frustrating. And to me, what's frustrating about it is you just – I mean, what are they? They're 16 and 18, I guess, or whatever it is. But you just feel like there's better play on that roster than what you're seeing. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm – just baseball? I don't know. Um, but 
that's what's frustrating. You just feel like they're better than what they've shown. And, you know, you're getting ready to go to Milwaukee here. This is a team that you split a series with earlier this year, I think. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just kind of perplexed to try to talk about these guys, to be honest. Well, Sunday was just an unfortunate turn of events. I mean, you know, you had a fantastic outing from Kyle Wright. Mm-hmm. The team as a whole gave up just three earned runs, two of those from you know the guy that you've got pitching in extra innings for whatever reason, Jackson Stevens. I I, I don't under I don't quite understand why. Well, you've you've this pointed guy this out. Be in the you, game, you've but. made this you you've made this point that sometimes it's almost like Snitker concedes a game. And he does it a little too often for me. And and I mean, now I know you can't throw mentor Matzik every night. I get that. But and and I also get that if you've got a pitcher on the roster that can't get major league hitters out, then he doesn't need to be on the roster. But but at the same time, in the three three ball game in extra innings, I'm not sure why Jackson Stevens is out there now. Having said that, I didn't get to watch the game because it was on Peacock, which is another story entirely. But um, well, I think for the most part, I'm glad I didn't. But Matzik did not pitch in uh, on on Saturday, so I know he was available. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if if it's a an issue with Matzik or, but he didn't pitch the entire series. Did not see Matzik the ball. Didn't pitch at all. Did not pitch Friday. Yeah, did not pitch at all. Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. But Jackson Stevens did, for whatever reason. And <laughs> and I, I mean, honestly, he he didn't pitch poorly. I mean, for what he is, but he's not a guy that you're going to put in high leverage situations. Well, apparently he is. Well, the <laughs> former the former Mexican Indie League player. This is this is literally Jake. What's his name? JP from Major League. Jake <laughs> oh, Taylor. Taylor, no, yeah. He, the catcher's Taylor. Jake Taylor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this. He they called him up out of the <laughs> out of the Mexican Indy leagues, and now he's pitching high leverage situations for the defending world champions for some <laughs> unknown reason. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man, because uh, Tyler Matzik was out of baseball at one time. So I, I, I'm not. I, I understand. I, what I'm saying is, I don't understand if Tyler Matzik's available. Why Jackson Stevens is pitching two innings in a game in a in a rubber match when you need to win a series against a good baseball team like the San Diego Padres. But yet the, here we are. The, yeah, here we are. I mean the the list of decisions that make you go hmm coming out of the Braves dugout is is lengthy yeah no question and Kyle, like I said I'm just I'm just glad I didn't get to, I didn't have to watch it yesterday so let me tell you I didn't watch the whole broadcast because I was otherwise occupied but first off being a 10 30 start time was weird second hmm. of all JP, they produced this thing like it was the Little League World Series. They had their favorite players when they were growing up, uh, you know, why they picked their jersey number. Like, <laughs> literally. How many games are they doing this year? 
Too many? Yeah, more than they should be. So this is not something that they're just doing like a, a one-off no. type of no, type of thing? No, Huh, okay. But, but Andrew but Jones was on the broadcast. Yeah. Okay. That was interesting. Here's the thing, though, Chris. This is a platform that doesn't do a lot of sports. So I, I guess they're assuming that their viewers don't do a lot of sports. So it's very somewhat odd. like the Little League World Series. It may be odd, but, you know, they maybe they feel like they're introducing some of their viewers to some of these guys. So they very well I mean, may be. I mean, it, you know, I, I thought it was it, interesting. It's odd, but I don't necessarily hate it. I just wish that it were on Bally as well. Uh, so mm. that uh, you know, yeah. Local, yeah. I, local fans could watch it. <laughs> Go figure. It's all I wanted. Yeah. Uh yeah. Wanted to you know, th- this particular series that's upcoming, Mo, uh, with with the Brewers, it, it feels like, you know, you've got the back half of the of the rotation in this series, which is not exactly what you want. Uh, not against these guys. And es- especially after you got really good stuff out of your top three guys, despite, you know, despite the scores, Max Freed pitched fantastic. Kyle Wright pitched fantastic. Uh, Charlie Morton, was Charlie Morton, phenomenal had the best start he's had. Yeah, without question. So and and obviously ended up winning that game, but Kenley Jansen got the win. But you've got Ian Anderson, and then uh, you know up against Adrian Hauser, we have TBA because we don't know who the fifth starter is on this team. It it literally could be anybody. Spencer Strider yeah, didn't, I mean, it, didn't pitch, you know, for in the in the San Diego series. The it series. could be him. You know, it could be Bryce Elder coming back up. <laughs> Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen, who is two and zero on the year, has two wins since his last save. Maybe we just throw him out there to start. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't quite understand him coming in in the eighth on Saturday. And I was really, I, I did not see him getting an inning plus, but um, obviously it worked out. But, you it, know, again, Snitger manages like he's managing a, a minor league team and, and he's a World Series champion now and there's nothing you can do with him but live with it. What, you know, obviously after this series, you've got the, you've got to go to Miami. Then you've got Philadelphia, Miami at home before Arizona and Colorado on the road. Then you go to, then you've got Oakland at home and Pittsburgh and Washington and Chicago. You don't have a team who is anywhere near your level until you get to San Francisco in June. And if you are the Braves, over the next 20 games, you've got to take advantage. You really need to put the hammer down right here. I mean, you. this is the time that you have to make your run to, to get either even or ahead of everybody in this division because you've got a, a serious schedule lag 
as far as competition is concerned. So we'll see what happens. Well, um, you, you, but as we continue to say that, you know, we talked about Boston being a get right series and we saw what happened in the first game again, could have gotten a sweep this weekend. Um, didn't play out. And, and you got to be concerned right now about when you're going to get Acuna back. Yeah, the positive from the, the positive is that, from what I understand, it, was, uh, it wasn't anything that was going to keep him out. He's day-to-day. So let's hope that, that that stays and, you know, give him some time. We don't, you know, we don't have to rush him back at this point. If, if well, you're, I mean, you, you want you, to you have him. You don't necessarily have to. You you gotta get you gotta get this offense stabilized from somewhere. Well, at this point, it would be great to have him, and we're probably going to end up having to to play him more than we maybe want to. But I'm curious to see uh to see how they they take care of his his body, and let's uh let's just hope that hope that it's able to handle the stress over the next month and a half because we could certainly use them against those teams that we ought to be pounding. So I keep saying sure. we like I'm on the team, but I'm not. Um, anyway, <laughs> we've got a, a great second half coming your way. Um, unfortunately, we just learned that Josh Corey will not be able to be with us to talk girls flag football in the second half. So, We've got plenty of other things to get to, and we will do that. So stick around. Main Street Sports. But first, we're going to wedge in this week, oh. this, this day in Braves history. You're right. I'm on sorry. May, that's all right. On May 16th, 1997, Michael Tucker's two-out double in the ninth breaks up Alan Bennis's no-hitter. Bennis, unfortunately, is matched against Greg Maddox, who holds the Cardinals scoreless for eight innings. The Braves finally push across a run in the 13th on Andrew Jones's infield dribbler to beat reliever John Frescatore one nothing. The two teams combined for 33 strikeouts, three shy of matching a National League record for an extra inning game that had been set by the Giants and Mets in 23 innings in 1964. So, had they played 23, they probably would have set that record, Mo. Oh, it sounds like <laughs> it wouldn't even been close. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, speaking of no-hitters, how do you throw a no-hitter and get beat? Check on your Reds, friends. They need you today. Uh, They are not well. They're not well at all. All right. We are going to take a halftime break. Come back here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We will be back after this.